Welcome to the ABR podcast, where some of Australian Book Review's contributors discuss major issues or read their reviews and creative writing. My name's Peter Rose, and I'm the editor of ABR. Every year, ABR nominates one or two new rising stars. This program, generously funded by the ABR patrons, is intended to advance the careers of young writers and critics whose early contributions to ABR have impressed readers and editors alike. Earlier this year, we named poet critic Anders Villani as a rising star. This month, we welcome Mindy Gill as our second rising star of 2021 and our first from Queensland. Mindy is a poet, critic and former editor-in-chief of Peril magazine. She's currently undertaking a PhD in creative writing at Queensland University of Technology. Her collection, August Burns the Sky, was shortlisted for the Thomas Shapcott Poetry Prize. Mindy first wrote for ABR in 2020. In July this year, her gutsy review of Sweatshop's anthology titled Racism won her a lot of admirers. In our October issue, Mindy reviews Harlem Shuffle by Colson Whitehead, celebrated author of The Underground Railroad and The Nickel Boys. In this week's ABR podcast, Mindy reads her review, which is titled Strivers and Crooks, Colson Whitehead's Uneven Crime Caper. Mindy Gill. Readers of Colson Whitehead's two recent Pulitzer Prize-winning novels, The Underground Railroad and The Nickel Boys, both historical literary novels focused on the Underground Railroad and the Jim Crow era, respectively, may be surprised by his eighth book, Harlem Shuffle, a crime novel written in the swaggering voice of a Quentin Tarantino character. Whitehead has always drawn on elements of genre fiction. His debut, The Intuitionist, borrows from sci-fi and speculative fiction to tell the story of Lila Mae Watson, America's first black female elevator inspector. Zone One, an unexpected marriage of literary and post-apocalyptic zombie fiction, asks now familiar questions about human perseverance and survival. Humour features strongly in these works, as do Whitehead's deafness and apparent joy in making philosophical forays into genre fiction. Compared to the sweeping and more sombre nature of his most recent books, Harlem Shuffle is light affair. Titled after Bob and Earl's 1963 R&B track, Whitehead is a melophile, and is cited in previous acknowledgements the likes of Misfits, Prince and Sonic Youth, Harlem Shuffle follows the upwardly mobile furniture salesman Ray Carney. The book, set between 1959 and 1964, is divided into three sections that have the feel of discrete novellas. Each section offers a glimpse into Carney's life as he becomes embroiled in Harlem's criminal world, and each centres on a caper. The Teresa job, the Duke job, the Carney job. The novel is not driven by plot, but by character, and it takes some time to adjust to its structure and pace. While the section breaks effectively cover a great deal of ground in a short span of time, they also tend to disrupt momentum, deflating an otherwise high-velocity narrative. These breaks also force each story into abrupt resolutions. A swift flash-forward may reveal how the narrative's loose ends have been neatly tied, before the focus suddenly shifts towards Carney's questions about his father's legacy and his own fate. 
Carney comes from a line of crooks, to use the novel's parlance. There was his father, the late and legendary Mike Carney, as well as his cousin Freddie, whose scheming leads to Carney's involvement in a heist at the historic Hotel Teresa. Carney supplements his income by selling stolen goods through his store, but as his criminal escapades intensify, he is forced to confront his moral flexibility. This establishes the book's central theme, the striver versus crook dichotomy that Carney attempts to pass throughout the novel. Strivers grasped for something better. Maybe it existed, maybe it didn't, and Crook schemed about how to manipulate the present system. But perhaps Carney was being too stark. Plenty of crooks were strivers, and plenty of strivers bent the law. Rumination on the theme generally occurs in the moments when Carney is reflecting on his own position on the sliding scale. I may be broke sometimes, but I ain't crooked, he said to himself, although he had to admit, perhaps he was. As the novel's framing device, this can feel forced, though its true purpose is revealed in the final and strongest section of the book, set in 1964, the year of Harlem's race riots. There are the eerie parallels between the Harlem riots and the 2020 Black Lives Matter protests, both responses to police brutality. It's the same old thing, Carney says. They get away with it, and then people want to be heard. But the novel's real politics emerge when Freddie befriends Linus the down-and-out son of the Van Wicks, a renowned New York real estate family. When Carney intervenes after Linus and Freddie rob the Van Wick family home, he realises how the wealthy and powerful commit their crimes out in the open, notarise their misdeeds or engrave them into bronze plates for building facades. The subtext of the novel is then revealed. The greatest crime in America is the theft of land and Harlem's disproportionate crime rate is a result of the systemic inequality that keeps the powerful in power. The novel's political overtures can belie Whitehead's confidence with crime as a genre. This is apparent once the reader notices how frequently Carney's wife, Elizabeth, is mentioned in relation to her job. Elizabeth works for a travel company, Black Star, a David Bowie reference, which assists black road trippers to safely make their way through segregated America. The company is the Green Book, an annual black travel guide from the Jim Crow era, come to life. Despite how frequently her employer is introduced as if for the first time, up until the novel's final 30 pages, it ultimately bears no relevance to the narrative itself. Instead, it seems to function as a vehicle to make asides about segregation and the burgeoning civil rights movement. Given the political heft of Whitehead's most recent novels, perhaps the habit is difficult to relinquish. It might also suggest an insecurity with the genre, as if the crime novel must make an explicit political comment to gain substance or cultural traction. Whitehead is at his best when he is least self-conscious. His novelist's eye and ear for Carney's milieu conjure a world as evocative as any in his previous work. When liberated from making social commentary, the prose is precise, lush, and satisfying. Peppered among the slick Harlem jive is keenly observed imagery, He ran a finger along the scar in his cheek, as if scraping invisible peas out of a pod. What prevents Harlem Shuffle from being a convincing crime novel, then, is part of its broader failure, Whitehead's reluctance to depart from rousing social messaging. The book is a rich and tender portrayal of a vanished Harlem. It may not prompt a social awakening, but then again, why should it? Thanks for listening to the ABR podcast. 
we hope you'll join us again next week. If you enjoyed this episode, why not consider subscribing to ABR? Subscriptions start from just $10 per month for digital. Visit our website for more information. We'd like to thank Jack Khalil and Clancy Balin, who edit the podcast, as well as our contributors who take the time to read their articles and creative writing. And if you enjoy listening to the ABR podcast, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes.